Welcome to On Balance. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. I'll be your guide as we explore the stories of today with the personalities impacting tomorrow. Welcome to On Balance. Okay, so I was saying this off air that it's always good to be a kid at heart and especially during sort of crazy times that we've got in so many different areas of our world. Um, So to that end, I'm excited to be spending time with Intel's gaming general manager, Marcus Kennedy. Marcus is a gamer at heart. You'll learn about that um, in our discussion here, former esports athlete, and more importantly, he now leads Intel's gaming division. Uh, Marcus, so great to spend some time with you. I feel like I'm a little bit out of my comfort zone because I can't compete in games with my 10 year old. And now I'm talking to a pro. <laughs> so <laughs> you got to give me some confidence. Let, let's start with this. When we talk about uh, gaming, um, tell me about sort of adults and gaming and sort of, cause it's such a huge industry, right? We've got what, almost 2.5 billion PC gamers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and an industry that is looking to hit almost $270 billion by 2025. We're, we're not just talking about kids here, are we? <laughs> No, we're, we're absolutely not. And it, it's good to be here, Rod. Um, and by the way, you mentioned you can't compete with your uh, your 10-year-old. I'll <laughs> tell you, my uh, my 12-year-old right now uh, is is uh, over here crushing people, though I, I have to keep reminding her and the rest of my kids that you know uh, I could actually compete. Sometimes they bring their friends over to get humbled a little <laughs> bit too. Uh, but there, there's some of them that remind me that you know it's still a young man's game here <laughs> to play. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it's it's not just kids, you know, uh, you mentioned the number of of gamers in the world um, to speak a little bit more about those demographics you know uh, about 40 percent of those uh, are younger than 25 right and so uh, it is still you know kind of a growing industry fueled in growth by the youth right younger than 25 but that means if it's 40 percent younger than 25 that 60 percent is older than 25 right and so you've got generations like me like you who maybe grew up in arcades who grew up uh playing all these games who still continue to game even if you can't necessarily compete at tournaments like i used to uh when when my when my hands were a little faster <laughs> let's talk about the assumptions especially with that 60 percent right so that's yeah. a really interesting st- statistic to think about that 60 percent that they are actively gaming um, I think that, you know, look, this will date me, but I remember back in the, you know, the Nintendo 64 and all those sorts of things. And it's, I think people thought for the longest time that entertainment was not engaging or was not good and these sorts of things. But my goodness, gaming is all over the place and it is used for so many different applications. Can you talk about sort of the arc of the industry? Because it seems like you got you representing the industry have done a really good job of educating on all the different benefits or the value propositions of gaming in one's life. Yeah, you bring up such a great point there. Uh, you know, and you brought up the N64. I, I, I remember many, many nights playing GoldenEye uh, <laughs> and StarCraft 64 with my friends, just laughing and joking. Nobody could pick odd job, obviously, uh, to keep it fair, right? Um, but you know. Uh, I also used to build computers to go play at LAN tournaments, uh, games like Counter-Strike, right? Um, and I'm going to date myself here. I, I used to play on 1.2 uh, oh. <laughs> up, up through uh, up through until they got the source um, at LAN tournaments. And 
Um, so I, I've, I've been playing in consoles and arcades and on PCs for a long, long time. And, you know, uh, now I work at Intel uh, and, you know, we, we are kind of that steward of the PC, uh, of the PC industry, the steward of, of the gaming innovation for the PC kind of form factor. And I'll tell you, and with no bias as someone who games on everything he can get his hands on, right, that I truly believe that the PC is the best place to play, um, right? And the reason I believe that is for kind of what you were getting at, that gaming is really at the center of so many different things. And in order to really take advantage advantage of all of those so many different things, I think you need the kind of technology and you need the kind of innovation, the kind of performance you can really only get on a PC. That said, you know, we, we've got today, you know, game developers really spending a ton of time and effort delivering those kinds of really great experiences that are futurized and future looking that we never could have imagined when we were playing on the N64, right? You've got like Epic taking the Fortnite environment and bringing in live concerts, right? You, you've, you've got uh, Valve taking Half-Life and making one of the best virtualized experiences with, with Half-Life Alex, right? Where I was literally jumping while I was playing that game, right? Uh, and, and even though you can play some of these things away from the PC and some of them were made to play on things like consoles and phones, uh, honestly, the most immersive experience is on that PC. And that's because I think where the industry is going, even though gaming's at the center of it, in order to take advantage of all of that, in order to take advantage of the technology and to really push that performance level to where uh, I think everything is going, you need that power of the PC. Let's talk about those elements in gaming that basically sort of are an opening door to someone who might be new. It seems like, so tell me if I'm, if I'm right on this or if I'm far afield, but that esports is a fantastic sort of baton to bring people into the environment. Talk a little bit about esports because we're even seeing esports in schools. Right. Where, I mean, it's, it's an active yeah. part of some curriculum that is being developed around the country. So it's, it's not just a passing fancy. Oh, absolutely not. You know, we, we partner right now with some universities uh, to help them build up their esports labs where, you know, uh, they, they don't they know that esports is a thing. They want people to come and play esports and, and participate in these leagues. They just don't know how to find the talent. And so we're partnering with them to help bring that talent in to, to drive esports. But in order to bring that talent there, they're offering these scholarships now. So there are ways for you to scholarships, actually, scholarships. There, there are ways for you to go to college, right, and get it paid for because you're playing a game like Fortnite, Rocket League, uh, League of Legends. Legends, right? And you're doing so competitively, right? Uh, and so not, not only can it gain you entrance into education, it can also be kind of that entry point into uh, broader gaming. It, it can be a social uh, kind of engagement, right? Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, I, I mentioned my 12-year-old, my right? Uh, we, we play, I used to play Smash Brothers Melee uh, also competitively. <laughs> and uh, and so my, my 12 and my 7-year-old are like super good at Smash Brothers. And so my 12-year-old actually went to a uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate gaming tournament at her school and and beat everybody and now like she's gained all these friends who like look at her with this new kind of perspective <laughs> because she was able to use gaming as a kind of an entry point into some of these social circles that she didn't necessarily have access to i'm so right? i'm so glad marcus that you brought that up and thank you for sharing the transparency of your of your daughter's experience but you know back when we were growing up I don't know what people's perception of gaming was and if it was accurate or not, but it feels like this is another area that has expanded to be much more inclusive. Oh, absolutely. Right? And oh, absolutely. Th that has to impact the, the development socially of a young person that feels accepted in something that they enjoy, that they don't have to do it sort of in a dark room 
you know, at their house and not talk about that they enjoy gaming. Like gaming is now out. It's everywhere in that. Right. So do, are you seeing that much more as a parent in real time and, or how do you apply that to the industry? Yeah. So uh, let me, let me answer that in two ways. First um, I'll, I'll mention kind of your point about um, about not in a dark room. Right. I, Cause we see I, that Hollywood, right. You see that, this kid yeah. like staring at a screen the image. That's the image <laughs> that we still have. And, you know, I, again, speaking as someone who built computers to go to land tournaments, those land tournaments were often in a gym or in somebody's basement. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and, and you're there, you know, as a teenager, teenage boy, I'm there with a bunch of other teenage boys generally, you know, but this was 20 years ago. Right. And, and so now, you know, uh, about half of gamers are actually, female, right? The, the demographics of gaming is changing and, and being more reflective of the general society, right? Uh, which I think is such a great thing because then it offers that, that uh, kind of ability to bring more people into, into gaming. But the other way I'll say, beyond just being more reflective of the demographics, you mentioned inclusivity. I, I, I see inclusivity as more than just you know male, female, uh, race. Uh, but I think video games are also way more inclusive to the uh, neo-diverse uh, and and the the uh, ability diverse, you know, I, I've seen professional gamers who have no limbs, <laughs> right? There, there's a there's a guy named uh, Brody Roybal who I love. He is so fantastic, right? He's a congenital amputee. Um, uh, and he, he has he has no legs. He plays games, right? There, there's a guy named uh, there's a professional gamer named uh, Brody Legs who who actually goes in uh, and he plays with his face because he he can't actually hold the controller. It's absolutely amazing, right? Uh, to to watch and he's super duper good and he beats uh, he beats people all the time. He's a literal professional gamer, right? And and you've got people who are deaf who can play video games, right? You've got people who are blind who can play video games. It it, it brings people in and allows for I think athletes uh, who are way more diverse in ability and experience and what they can bring to the table than maybe normal athletics. Uh, and so I, I actually view esports as way more inclusive. Uh, as a as a sport that maybe most other sports can actually offer. I hadn't even thought about that. I mean, how compelling to think about that gamer that is, I guess, provided an opportunity to partake and participate um, with others in a community, the sense of belonging that that brings. With that, Marcus, where are we sort of, you know, if we're writing a, you know, a book uh, about gaming, are we halfway through? Are we I mean, now we're talking about the technology is so incredible. I mean, you're on the front lines of it with Intel. So you probably know things either that you can't share or that are probably too exciting to even <laughs> talk about yeah. um, from a technology perspective. But where are we in the arc of what can be applied using the principles of gaming in other areas of life? That's, that's a really interesting question. Um, and again, I, I, it generates kind of two thoughts for me. Uh, thought one is that there are studies that show that gaming actually increases the kind of ability to uh, do tasks with manual dexterity, things like surgery and stuff like that. Uh, it's, it's actually been shown that, you know, uh, surgeons who grew up as kids playing video games actually are better, have, have steadier hands than, than others, right? <laughs> uh, so, so I think games, 
themselves can be used as a as a way to actually practice and enhance uh, dexterity in hands, and, and that leads to a variety of you know capabilities that maybe you wouldn't wouldn't have had kind of otherwise. So that's that's part one is just gaming can can offer you know expanded skill sets uh, to 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 folks maybe in ways that we hadn't considered. But the other kind of harkens back to something you said earlier, Rod, uh, around kind of gaming being at the center of kind of the future of things like entertainment. Um, and I, I referred to like Fortnite and, and concerts. I, I actually think all this talk about things like metaverse, right? Uh, what they're really referring to when they talk about metaverse is an interactive environment that you can put your yourself and you show up in a virtualized space, right? What is that if not games? <laughs> I was going <laughs> right? to say, it sounds like you're describing gaming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've been doing that for decades <laughs> in games, right? And so I actually view kind of the future of entertainment and interactivity, uh, both in a socialized context and in a commercial context, to be founded on a, a kind of center point of gaming, right? I, I think things like you'll see malls start to actually show up in a gaming engine, right? You'll, you'll see, you know, ads start to show up uh, in, in games. You'll see, you know, virtualized environments and sporting events show up. Maybe you'll attend a, uh, you know, a basketball game sitting side by side with a friend who lives in India, right? Uh, watching watching the Golden State Warriors play or whatever, right? Um, all, all virtualized. And I, I, I view all of that happening um, on the foundation of the games and game engines, uh, because as I mentioned, games have been doing that for a long, long time. So we're kind of pretty far ahead of the curve. Uh, and so from a technology perspective, it just makes sense to build all of this stuff uh, on those things. So I, I think that's where uh, games are going. It's going to be the foundation of everything. So how does how do those on the periphery prepare for what's coming from those like yourself and Intel when we think about laying the foundation? Or do we do we just sort of watch the young people find like your kids, right? <laughs> find the games that have uh, application outside of maybe the direct experience of the game and that we start to learn from them or are there ways that we can be proactive with schools and other sort of areas of our lives to incorporate them into the process of the development uh, and the technology? Yeah, well, I, I think the first thing I'd say is education, right? I, I, I think we as, you know, the aging generation here uh, <laughs> may be kind of more open to games and what games can offer and, you know, our kids watching and playing games than maybe our parents were, <laughs> right, uh, with us. I mean, mine were, were pretty... Uh, I'll call it lenient. <laughs> and, and, it and sounds very like indulgent. it. <laughs> very indulgent. My, my dad used to take me to put put golf in games and bring five, give me five bucks and say, okay, you can last as long as your five bucks takes you. That's how I got good at games. I, I wanted my 30 tokens to last as long as they could. <laughs> right. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, love I, that. I definitely had motivation. Um, but uh, um, but I, I think the first thing is education. And, and you know, the, the half a billion people who view esports every year who are streaming esports can't be wrong. Right. And that, that's growing, you know, uh, leaps and bounds every year. Pandemic helped, but it's growing. It's growing leaps and bounds. And so I, I, I think that as that generation gets older, as this upcoming generation continues to get older, those barriers are just fall. And I, I, I see gaming as becoming more mainstream and it being more accepted to watch, play, and interact in gaming environments and social circles beyond just you know the basements of old, right? Uh, I think that's number one: is educating that hey, games are actually pretty, pretty 
fine to do, <laughs> fine to engage with, right? Uh, then part two is once you've educated that, uh, it's actually then encouraging folks to get more and more involved. Uh, either, you know, find out, just like with any sports, if your kid's interested in something, actually work with them to, to lean into their interests. They're really, they're really into Fortnite or Minecraft. My seven-year-old loves Minecraft. Um, and so I, I helped her learn how to use Forge. I helped her learn how to then build her own mods. She's over here. She's seven. She's making her own mods, going in and spending hours, like building these virtualized worlds, uh, doing things that I never would have been doing at seven at her age, right? And, and hopefully that experience in games can then lead to, you know, her expressing her creativity in ways that might lead to things like virtual design, architecture, stuff like that. Uh, and, and so again, using games and educating as gaming as a way to lead to other things can then drive our kids to engage and develop in ways maybe they wouldn't have been able to before. Uh, and then third, just from a pure technology perspective, uh, I'd say, you know, once you've leaned into your to your kids, once you've leaned into it, maybe yourself, if you're somebody like me who grew up with it, uh, find the right technology that fits uh, your usage, that fits what you want to go do. Uh, you're not going to buy the same thing for your kid who wants to be a professional gamer as my kid who maybe just wants to play around on Minecraft a bit, <laughs> right? <laughs> Those are two very different systems and configs, <laughs> right? Uh, and and so, you know, just like you, you, you know, if your, your kid wants to go play basketball, uh, right, and wants to be an NBA player, you're going to spend a little bit more time finding the right equipment and the right places for them to go practice than you would if they just wanted to go play pickup ball with, with their friends every now and then, right? And so I, I'd encourage you, I'd encourage everybody to think about then what that means for what they have in their house, for what they then go invest in, in order to kind of think about the future and what that technology is going to be used for. And something you touched on there that we had, we didn't identify or label, but I'd love your comment on is it, it's, I get the sense that gaming is also playing and can play a very active and productive role in STEM education. I mean, you mentioned you're talking about your, your daughter and what she's able to build in virtual worlds. You know, look, to me, not to be in a soapbox, but that then sends a message to her that anything is possible in a STEM field where we didn't do a very good job of that, you know, in the decades past in providing that kind of opportunity and window for young girls to understand that they were not only as skilled, but maybe even more skilled than you and I in that regard, right? Yeah. So yeah. talk about the STEM component. Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Um, so, so I already touched on, I think, uh, the in-world environments and kind of how that can kind of build on education in, in science or technology, just because the platforms themselves, whether it's Roblox, Minecraft, are actually much more advanced at tying some of those skill sets into uh, actual STEM fields. Um, so let me touch on the other side of that. I, I learned how to build computers because my mom bought our very first computer when I was in sixth grade. Uh, and she came home the next day to find it fully torn apart on the floor because I wanted to oh, learn no. how to, I wanted to <laughs> learn what, what made it tick, right? And under threat of death, uh, I love my mom, under threat, under of, threat death, of death, <laughs> Yeah, I learned how to build computers, right? Uh, but what that did for me, that introduced me to technology, it introduced me to uh, kind of that hands-on version uh, of building something, right? Uh, fast forward, you know, uh, man, how long was that? Almost 30 years, right? Uh, 
three years ago, I, I did the same thing with my, my now 12 year old. We built her gaming computer uh, and spent time actually showing her how to put things together and all those kinds of things. Now to the point where she loves putting things together. She loves building. She's thinking now about being an architect, right? Uh, and she wasn't doing that when uh, until she saw that she could actually put things together with her hands. And now she's thinking about how she can use her creativity to actually make things like that look better and how she can bring that skill set to the real world. That That's one example of how the physical nature of actually building a computer and, and putting that personal touch on it can actually introduce a child into kind of STEM education uh, and, and kind of the hands-on that, in, that, that comes with things like engineering. Uh, but then the game environment themselves, like I talked about, uh, then take that one step further and allow that application of those skills that they can build over time. So I, I honestly believe that uh, not just games, but PCs building and that technology can kind of open the door uh, to, to these paths, these neuro pathways, and these kind of making engineering and science and technology fun uh, for these kids. Hey, Marcus, do you hear that? You know what that is? That's a knock at your door. It's a recruiter coming for your daughter. With those kind of <laughs> come, come on. She's awesome. <laughs> I'm biased on that one. I mean, <laughs> my goodness. She sounds, she's ready to, to not only run a, her own division, but maybe her own tech company. Uh, let's close with this, Marcus. Um, I think people listening to this conversation, there's going to be a percentage of them that are, that are saying, my goodness, Marcus, Kennedy figured it out. <laughs> He's in a job that he absolutely loves because you can hear it in your in your voice. Are there moments where, whether it's as a dad or just as a professional, you pinch yourself that, you know, the kid that was sitting there trying to make the $5 last as long as it could, right? Or to avoid death by, <laughs> by uh, computer parts being thrown at you. Um, you just pinch yourself saying, wow, when so many young people are struggling to figure out what their path might be, it seems like you landed not only on, not only on solid footing, but in an, in an empowered position and that that has great impact on you personally, not just professionally. Yeah. So, uh, but first, never underestimate the value of threats as a parent. I, 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 fully, <laughs> I fully believe in that. <laughs> My mom buried that to me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so uh, I'll, let me give you two, two stories here because uh, you're, you're, you're spot on. I, I, I kind of fell backwards into this job. If I had known this job existed, I probably would have targeted it a long, long time ago. <laughs> um, but, uh, and, and I didn't. And it just so happened that I work at a company at, at Intel that allows me the uh, opportunity that touches so many things in the ecosystem that now I actually actually get to to marry that passion with my job, right? Um, this isn't the only company that, that that allows that opportunity. I just happen to be able to find that that right opportunity to do it. But let me give you two examples of those times that I, I have pinched myself. Uh, one to tie back to that kind of PC building thing. We, we have a uh, we have a partnership with the Cavs esports team, the Cavs Legion, um, where we we partnered with them to do PC builds for students. And uh, I, I sent a couple of folks from my team, and they sent back pictures and videos. And in one of those videos, they actually interviewed a couple of the kids as they were building the computers. And they used some of the exact same words you just heard me use when I was talking about uh, kind of what my mom did for me. They said, I didn't realize it was so much fun to build, the, to build a computer like this. I think that I can go do this in the future, right? And that was a moment where I was like, oh my God, right? This job allowed us the opportunity to build and deliver the 
you know, change one person's life right out there in the world who, who may now go do something that they didn't know that there was an opportunity to, to go do. Um, that was a local kind of uh, Cleveland activity there, which was, I thought, amazing. Uh, the second moment was uh, more on the esports, uh, like an actual esports side. We launched a program called Intel Inspires. Um, a couple of years ago here uh, since I've been in this job. Think of it as NFL Combine meets esports, right? Bringing those universities uh, yeah. together with students who may want to go explore esports as an opportunity so that the universities who are building up these esports labs and offering these scholarships actually have the opportunity to find the talent that wants to actually apply. A career fair. Yeah, <laughs> think of it as a career fair for esports. That's, that's probably the best way. And we do it through a tournament, right? Um, and as part of that, we have the students actually kind of uh, go through and do like an application and they do a video app for those scholarships. And I was listening to these videos and trying to grade and judge, you know, who's going to get these scholarships. And I, when I tell you, uh, you know, that I, I haven't teared up watching you know, these stories like ever, I don't, I don't get emotional easily. <laughs> and probably half of these things had me bawling. Right. And, you know, there was, there, there was one in particular who was talking about how, you know, their, their mother lost their job uh, and they really want to go to college. And the only way that they would be able to afford it is in this kind of a scholarship. And they just love this, this sport so much. And their mom had like spent their last dollar to put into this computer so that they could play this uh this game rocket league and right i was just like oh my god right like this is the kind of thing that we that we started these engagements for to be able to bring students who may not have another opportunity to go to college right the opportunity to get the scholarship through the skill set of playing a game right like that's just mind-blowing that i never as somebody you know standing on a step stool at eight years old playing street fighter <laughs> right would have ever been able to imagine being able to bring to the table so i i, I honestly do love my job i'm happy that you can hear it in my voice and you know, I, I love being able to do those kinds of things. Well, Marcus, you you bring life and richness to an industry that I think got sort of a bad rap decades ago. And uh, it's a very vibrant and exploding industry in ways that will impact us far beyond a PC or even a tablet um, or, or a game unit. Uh, I want to make sure people can find you and or Intel's work in gaming. Where should they go? Yeah, sure. I'd, I'd say two things. Uh, first, we've got a Twitter handle uh, at Intel Gaming. You can always follow all the goings on from a gaming perspective there. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn uh, or Twitter or other places. I'm just find me, Marcus Kennedy or Intel, just Google, you'll find me <laughs> uh, somewhere. And, you know, it, the, the last thing I'll say is, you know, if, if you're interested in any of these things, whether it's Intel Inspires or, you know, any of these different scholarship programs or, or just trying to understand a little more about gaming, feel free to reach out to me on, on any of those channels. DM me on Twitter. Uh, I think it's at mkennedy602 <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, or, or LinkedIn. Please just reach out to me. I, I would happily uh, chat with anybody. Um, I actually make that offer a lot. I don't get taken up on it too often, but when I do, it, it is really so inspiring to me to be able to have those conversations and connect with younger folks, hear their questions, and be able to offer whatever advice may be valuable. And if Marcus can't reply, just know that he is getting beaten by his seven-year-old or his 12-year-old, <laughs> but it's a part of his work, everybody. <laughs> we want to thank uh, Marcus Kennedy. He is the Intel Gaming General Manager. Uh, check them out. Uh, doing great work and, like I said, breathing humanity into something that can really change lives and impact people of all ages. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. 
This concludes another chapter of On Balance. Connect with me via LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Dr. Rod Berger.